This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> Put on these glasses. Let's start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. Hi, I'm Dr. Bertolon Meshku, the medical futurist, and today I'm going to tackle a special topic. I never thought I'm going to address conspiracy theories, especially not to do a whole video on them. But during a medical crisis like the one we face today, lies are not just misleading, they are outright dangerous. So I feel like it's my duty to debunk them. Because the only way we can overcome a crisis like this is to understand the challenge and to fight it together, not to entertain ourselves with half-baked campfire stories. Let's start with the most widespread theory that the virus escaped from a Chinese laboratory. This rumor came to light because Wuhan has one of China's only level 4 biolaboratories where researchers have been studying coronaviruses for a long time along with lots of other more nasty viruses. I have to say, this theory is at least plausible. There are maps spreading on Facebook that show how close the laboratory is to the Wuhan wet market, the suspected epicenter of the outbreak. And our brains are naturally wired to look for patterns, so people who come across this information can see it as finding a missing piece of the puzzle. And who doesn't like a good detective tale? But first things first. A level 4 biolaboratory has the highest level of biocontainment precautions to isolate dangerous biological agents. This is a universal standard set by the CDC. There is no level 5. This is as good as it gets. And the chances of viruses escaping a level 4 environment are extremely low. And with most conspiracy theories, if we take a deeper look, we discover a hidden agenda. The idea that the new coronavirus originated from the Wuhan lab came from a documentary produced by the Epoch Times, an English-language news outlet with links to a Chinese religious cult that has long been persecuted by the Chinese Communist Party. In their documentary, they insisted on calling COVID the CCP virus, or the Chinese Communist Party's virus, making it completely clear what their true agenda is. And why do I say that theories like this are dangerous? Because since this notion went mainstream, it has even been used by the Trump administration to cast blame on the Chinese, pushing the two countries' relationship to an all-time law. By helping to spread this theory, people only helped a Chinese anti-government religious cult they probably didn't even know exists. If we believe the virus came from the Wuhan lab, it's easy to take another step and also by that the virus is actually bioengineered there by Chinese scientists as a biological weapon. 
As I said, it's harder to accept that a global catastrophe like this could happen as easily and coincidentally as it did, and we feel like we are missing the bigger picture. But as Neil deGrasse Tyson said, the good thing about science is that it's true, whether or not you believe in it. And in this case, the science clearly proved that COVID-19 is a zoonotic virus, meaning it came from an animal and jumped into the human population. That fact was verified by several independent laboratories around the world, and even an investigation by the United States military concluded that the weight of evidence indicates that the virus's origin is natural. We investigated ourselves and found that it's episode 62 of Behind the Schemes for September 13, 2021. I am Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And reporting to you live from the bereft coast where, you know, sure, there's a lab there, but it's probably a coincidence. Stop looking for patterns. Uh, My name is Lavish. Why are you such a pattern nut? You know, it started at a young age when my grandma gave me my first quilt. Oh. And once I got the love of quilting in my heart, then I started looking into conspiracies because I started recognizing beautiful, beautiful patterns. And, yes. uh, and they, in, was, uh, they intersect so wonderfully. Yeah, it's so crazy. These crazy, I love these old, uh, <clears throat> I've been getting a big kick out of seeing old debunked conspiracy videos because they say that the only difference between a conspiracy theory and the news is six months or a year. And, uh, so you go back, and this 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 opening clip that I just played was like a year ago. This is, I think, May, May or, or uh, May or June of 2020. So the the real heat of the pandemic had only been underway for like less than a half a year, a couple months at at most. And uh, this guy's like, well, actually. We did a lot of independent studies, and the United States military looked into it, and, you know, there's a ton of stuff, and they say that it is because that's the way it is. And so there, and that's science. And it's like, dude, this thing's been out for less than three months. Nobody knows anything. Like, how can you be so... <laughs> it's true because science. You know, and science, it's science even if you don't want it to be. This guy is hawking complete and utter nonsense, and then it caps it off with, and I'm the scientist... Coming to you live from fucking Science Town. Give me a fucking break, dude. Oh, uh, praise science. Oh, praise science. Praise oh, science. This oh, is real oh. science. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's behind the schemes, uh, September 13th, which means the 9-11 was just two days ago. Yes, yes. And uh, God bless the souls associated with that tragic event and uh you know hope everybody's out there feeling good despite everything did you have a good weekend yeah sure yeah good week yeah right on was it just the weekend yeah yeah a whole week i don't know they all kind of merge together at some point (laughs) the the days you know it's it's crazy it all there's always something to do. How about you? Uh, I have a quick movie recommendation for yeah, all of our true deniers. I would go and check out a movie called Willie's Wonderland. It's got Nick Cage in it. 
uh, Nick Cage does not say a single word for the entire movie. Mm, mm. And if you like Chuck E. Cheese, you might like this movie. And it's a horror movie. Horror movie, Chuck E. Cheese, Nick Cage. I like it. I'm sold. <laughs> Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland. It's going on the list, the official list. <laughs> Willie's Wonderland. That's quite the title. I bet you somebody showed uh, Nick Cage that title, and he's like, I love it. This is great. Willie's Wonderland. Wow. You know. <laughs> that's a, that's so pretty many good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know, this is uh, you know, a really, really promising script. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good old Nick. Glad to know he's doing well. Glad to know he's still getting work. How old is this movie? 2021. Beautiful. Beautiful. Fresh out the oven. Yep. It's pretty good. It's different. It's enjoyable. Classic tropes, but, you know, at least they put a fresh spin on it. New coat of paint. Mm-hmm. Probably some lampshading. They really ruffled the boat, as they say up in Canada. Oh, did they? Did they ruffle Canada's boat? The ruffle their boat, as Trudeau says? No, I don't think they ruffled the, the country of Canada, but like they say in the country uh, of Canada, it really ruffles the boat of the horror genre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody wants to shake the feather. Actually, you do want to shake a tail feather. I do want to shake a tail feather, and it works. That's a perfect segue into our tarot card for tonight. Mm. We drew from the Line Strider deck and received the Seven of uh, Pentacles, which is a bird. Uh, Keywords being hard work, effort, long-term success, family, home, and rewards. And this bird is a bower bird building, an, uh, and this is the card art, building a nest. According to the author, the bower bird is a good model for the industriousness, long-term planning, and hard work that this card represents. This card talks about long-term plans and efforts, building a business, family, or educational path, and that will be the foundation for your future success. This is a this is not a card of the get rich quick scheme, but rather one that encourages you to build strong foundations. It also mm-hmm. congratulates you on soon attaining the well-deserved rewards of your long-term efforts. Yes, the card itself shows a young man who seems to be taking a break from his hard labor to admire the fruit and blossoms in his garden, which happen to be the pentacles themselves. They're literal coins growing from the earth, and. Uh, so the hard work is done. Uh, the 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 bloom season is in, and the and the harvest is to come. Oh, so this this is a before harvest rather than uh, a post harvest. Excuse me, post harvest enjoyment. It is it is post unto harvest. So both uh, phases, just the the interaction, the the joy of harvesting, but also enjoying the. Uh, the pleasure right before, you know. There's that eye of the storm. After the work, but before the reward. Well, yeah, look at this. Uh, Seven of Pentacles Line Strider Tarot is a card of rest. This card represents peaceful moments to regain strength and evaluate mm-hmm. the quality of results after a lot of work we have to do. Uh, the bird in the card image is resting and admiring the fruits on the bushes that he has worked so hard to cultivate. You can also pick these fruits. In a tarot spread, this card can indicate a reward for your efforts that will soon come to you. Take it and, and excuse me, take it and enjoy it. 
Because mm-hmm. the harvest itself can be work, and dealing with the bounty can be work. There is that sweet moment of calm where you get to just rest and not work. So that's cool. What a nice card to get. I like it. Sweet. Yeah. Stay Definitely on, better stay than on some, the of these other, some of these <laughs> other fucking cards we've been drawing around here. Goodness gracious. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners what's been going on? Oh, no, I don't even remember the cards. I just know that every time I draw in the chat, I'm like, Psh, man, okay. Getting a lot of nines of swords and tens of swords and reversed <laughs> this and reversed moon and, or um, no, just the moon in general. And like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. Well, it's not that important. I was thinking, I was thinking we could explain what's happening with Gal and thank, uh, thank some freaks of hazard. Yes, uh, indeed. Which we most certainly must coming in clutch. I would like to just go ahead Make the call now, and we add Servo to the patron saints, along with the likes of Bill Hicks, Odorous Urungus, Charlton Heston. Uh, Harambe. Harambe. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot Harambe. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, because of that saying. And uh, he has been putting a lot of work into introducing new features to gals, so... If you come and hang out in our chat room, hashtag green room on the zero node, you can do exclamation point draw and, and draw any number of cards, but for specific cards, you can do exclamation arts, uh, which will draw and or it will link an image of a GIF to that card. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's the Pepe 4chan uh, tarot GIFs. Ah, uh, Yes. So it doesn't have every single card. It has every major arcana card and minor arcana card, uh, and it has every um, suit up to six. But everything, every suit beyond seven, so seven to ten for pentacles or swords or whatever, uh, we don't have those yet, and we are in the process of getting those. But we have like 75% of them. And, uh, yeah, if you draw one card... If you exclamation draw one, uh, if you bring up just one card and the art does exist for it, then the art will be automatically linked right next to it. So the it's pretty it's pretty goddamn fa- fancy, you guys. I mean, it's getting awesome. It's really souping up quite the bot. Yeah, uh, exclamation describe will give a verbal description or a written description, I should say. Uh, Exclamation interpret will read the card for you. You can also add an R to the beginning of interpret for a re- reversed reading. So this card will do uh, normal and reversed, which is amazeballs. Mm-hmm. And yep. there's one other one. What's the other one? List. Uh, list tarot? I'm still trying to remember all the... There's, there's so much stuff, and, and we'll as we discover it, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get more familiar with it, and we'll we'll describe it. But we'll give it to Servo. He he's definitely a uh, a honorary freak of hazard now and always. We're still figuring out our or like if we're having like a knighthood type thing. I think uh, the highest tier we have so far is a member of the elite. But I don't know if we've brought the if the peerage committee has actually organized itself quite yet, I don't know. 
So that that may be still in the oven, uh, but uh, I'll uh, expedite my memo to them. Yeah, you know, see what they need, <laughs> and try and provide that for them. Uh, but thank you, thank you so much, Servo, for doing that for us. And uh, we, I think we've got a few more freaks. Uh, yes, Sir Oma uh, sent in <laughs> this gem of an ISO. Goodbye, BTS. <laughs> that boy band got no future. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that on the live show the other day. Thank you so much, Sir Oma. I'm glad you grabbed that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Shit was funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so many great timestamps. You gotta, you gotta jump on them, you know. Oh yeah, I was kind of going back today and uh, pulling some. By, by the way, you gotta turn off your uh, no agenda social uh, alert blip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. And for me, uh, the chat notification as well. Oh, the IRC yeah. client really, really likes to bark at you. <laughs> Uh, but we didn't have any financial donate, uh, donations coming this week. Um, but if you would like to support the show in any capacity, you can go to BehindTheSchemes.com, S-C-H-3-M-3-S, or LoveIsLit.com, and shoot us an email, send us uh, ISOs, you maybe you got some music, you got a mix, you got some show art, you want to support the show with financial donation, all of that and more can be found at our website. That's right. Badradio.live, loveislit.com, behindtheschemes, the threesforease.com, etc. you find it all there. And we'll, we'll get some more good ones. And I don't know if we say this on the show, but we do this show every li- every Monday night live at 7.30 Central, excuse me, 7.30, 730 specific, specific. Uh, 9.30 Central, and 10.30 Eastern. Yeah, we're value for value. We don't have any ads. We don't have any uh, corporate sponsors, and that way we can talk about all kinds of really fun, real, real shit that people don't talk about or are not allowed to talk about in the mainstream formats. Never going to stop us. No sirree. That's right. Uh, I think Bill Hicks has something to say on the matter. Do a commercial. You're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. We told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screens. Call our creep phone now and leave a screen mail. We'll play it on the show. 612-263-SEXY. 612-263-SXXY. That's 612-263-7999. You want to call into the show, you want to scream, you want to leave a voicemail, call that number, 612-263-7999. Yeah, we don't vet our calls. We don't <laughs> listen to them beforehand. We don't read the transcripts. <laughs> we can't afford a transcript machine, so don't worry about it. Just call in and we'll play it on the air live. Should we go ahead and play this one live on the air that I have not listened to? Uh, Yeah. Adequate, very adequate, I would say. I feel like it cut off the beginning. Let me hit that one more time. There we go. Yeah, that was a full hunted. I think that was a, uh, it was like some sort of spook stubbing his toe. 
Yeah, there was a, a little a pocket from the ether uh, bubbling out. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> ether. Ether, hell yeah. But uh, if you would like to participate in that fun, like we said, 612-263. What's the number? <laughs> sexy. 612-263. Sexy. That's 7999-SXXY. 612-263-7999. You can call in and leave us a scream mail because Booberry wants to hear you scream. Boo. Or you can just... Oh, excuse me. What was that? <laughs> Boo. Uh, Oh, oh, you can't, oh. Boo. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, he wants to hear you scream. So do I. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's it. Oh, and last bit of new news. I finally ordered the parts for the Raspy Blitz, and they will be showing up this week. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting, because uh, I think it will get us into the driver's seat proper, and we're going to zoom off, and uh, I think we got a case of beer in the back of the uh, of the Trans Am. Um, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. you know, obviously the, this is a, uh, <laughs> a Raspi, Raspi Pi computer that we're talking about, so basically we're going to get into this and uh, have some fun because I'm going to have little clue as to what I'm doing, but I feel highly confident, which is a nice middle ground. Yes. At the very least, we're going to be getting ourselves involved in some very shady cryptocurrency transactions, which we highly, highly recommend you participate in. If you get on the lightning node, I have to ground my whole house to do this. Yes. So, and, uh, you can it's it's a new podcastapps.com i believe that will take you to applications that will allow you to stream satoshis to the show mm. and um uh, we have a sphinx chat as well tribes.sphinx.chats i believe is the name of that website and if you don't know what we're talking about then send us an email at uh com, etc and ask because we'll, he'll, we'll, you know, it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, Tribes.sphinx.chat is correct. If you would like to hang out in the uh, Sphinx chat, Ball After Bowl does really well with it. They got some good stuff going on over there. Yes, they're long-time Sphinxers. <laughs> they got a huge Sphinx. Yeah. Well, they don't only know Sphinxes. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So things are things are... We're doing stuff. We're making things happen. Yes. It's not going to be ready by next week. I can guarantee that. But hopefully. Right on. Show after next. Shall we roll some die now? Yeah. I got my thing ready to go. Let's do it. What do you want to do? I don't know. Uh, Oh, how about a classic six-sided die? Okay. And we do a classic who rolls it higher. All right. Is that too boring? I don't think so. Okay. It's very traditional. I'm excited. Okay. I got a natural one. I got a five. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think you've won and started the last like three or four shows. I don't think I've won a roll yet. <laughs> Maybe the first time I won a roll. But uh, yeah, not rolling so great. I guess I could set up a dice cam if you want to confirm my work. 
No, no, I trust that you're, <laughs> no, I, I, I know I'm rolling bad. It's not about you rolling well, it's about me rolling poorly. I don't need a camera to see that. Well, shit. Um, I had some stuff that I felt was kind of relevant to the opening clip that I All would right. like to help uh, hit you with. Hit me with it. Um, but before we do that, this is not an advertisement. I just thought it was pretty cool. But if you go into the show notes at zososcorner.substack.com and scroll on down to the bold link that says Old Century Colors, they are making paint that reproduces colors from the 18th and 19th century that you can paint the interior of your house or furniture with. And it's really cool. Uh, as someone that has been in a lot of the historic buildings and sites up and down the East Coast, it's uh, it's a very familiar look. And, mm. I mean, they I'll drop the colors into the chats. Uh, Classical type of paint job. Yep, milk paint. Uh, what was milk paint made out of? A matte finish water bone coating that replicates the appearance of paints that were commonly made in the 17th century. This milk paint was made with available natural ingredients such as milk, lime, and pigments. And uh, it sounds like they add the dried pigments to the mixture rather than the liquid pigment that you'd find at a normal uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, you know, anywhere that's going to mix paint for you. Okay. It's neat, you know. I was like, I'm just tired of looking at all this stupid shit all the time. I'm going to find something nice hmm. and pleasant to the eye. So that yeah. does that. Uh, <laughs> shit, where is it? Moving on. Uh, I have one of two sort of 9-11 related uh, things to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them was the big 9-11 memorial that um, uh, former presidents like Clinton and Obama and the Crypt Keter Optus, the dusty old shadow of a cardboard cutout man, the shaky, the out-of-patience Joe Biden was featured at. And you, I had showed you this picture, I believe it was yesterday while we were doing some audio teching, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the chip, yeah. Uh, man, if you look at this picture, it's a it's a profile shot of Biden from this event, Getty Images. So it's got the water the watermark on it. But if you look at his right ear, just where the strap comes over top of his ear, there's this weird ass square piece of something or another. Yeah. It looks like a part of his ear turned into like a flat Lego piece that's just darting out of of his. Uh, but I mean, I after this image, after you showed me the image, I went and looked at other pictures of Biden's, you know, right profile, right side profile, and every other picture I saw, he didn't have that anomaly. So I went back and I looked at it again, and I was wondering if maybe it was like a shadow thing, or uh, if. Uh, as Servo says in the chat, maybe it was the tag on the mask. Like a pull tag. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, maybe it was a, a zip, the zipper where his, his lizard head comes out. I don't know. But every other picture I found of him, he doesn't have that thing in his ear. 
Uh, I heard one that I was definitely triggered at. Someone said that it was a glitch, uh, to which I said, those don't exist. <laughs> there are no coincidences, yes. Um, Photoshop was also suggested. Uh, my thing was, I mean, this photo's fucking released on Getty Images for like $500 for the large version. Um, I just... I don't know if someone. Oh, how come I saw it for free then? <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but by far the most interesting, uh, most interesting explanation I had heard was from another friend, and they think it is an acupuncture stone. Okay. Which I never heard of. Stone in his ear. I guess so. Or I I didn't know what this was until they told me. An acupuncture stone. Now, I understand that acupuncture, to me, is like they put little sticks, and they stick them in your back, your front, wherever, that there are these pressure points, and they try to activate these pressure points with these tiny, tiny little sticks. And I've never, I've never participated in myself, but is there a, you know... Is there like a thing that they install in your ear? That this part of this process, because that seems it's uh know. it's a little. I'm sorry, acupuncture ear seed. Ear seed was the uh, the name of it. Ear seed. And what it is is, I guess it's a small little little seed or a hard, um, just like a, a, a hard round thing that you can put on the pressure point and rub. Uh, to get the same effect as uh, acupuncture, because you're kind of targeting that nerve. That's my understanding of it, at least. Okay, okay. Um, although I'm looking at uh, earseeds.com. <laughs> it doesn't seem, yeah, it doesn't seem like that it would be that big, or that pronounced, just looking at it. Does anybody come up with the idea that maybe it was a hearing aid? <laughs> <laughs> or something. I've Did never thought of that. I mean, I, I I guess they make square hearing aids that stick <laughs> straight out the side of his ear. Well, something. I mean, geez, the guy's a thousand years old. It's not it's not crazy to think, but I don't know. It's a very weird picture. The picture in general is just terrifying. Just the way that he's smiling. He doesn't even look human anymore, you know? Yes, it, it's by far the toothy-ass grin that he's got there is much more um, blood-chilling. Because you know that he just doesn't have a single, like, kind bone in his body. You just know that he's a cutthroat, psychopathic, pathologically lying nutbag, and he always has been and he always will be. He's been at the center of some of the worst fucking pieces of legislation that's ever crossed against American uh, courts, the American courts, and and he's just like he just has nothing. It's, there's nothing left inside that guy. He's a shell. He's a, a lot of these people are. That's why we call them lizards. If they're not literally lizards, then they're like kind. They kind of are lizards just by the fact that they they're missing something that regular people have. <laughs> well, that's just that's just, just lizardist, a, man. That's just lizardist. No, no offense to actual lizards, because I know some lizards out there that are really great people, but they're full lizards, you know what I mean? Mm, not, not cheap like, imitations? <laughs> no, nah, they're not one of these uh, 
wannabe lizards. Lordy. Well, yep. I uh, out of everything, I like Quercus's answer the most. It's a Borg chip. Yes. And, uh, and that's what we're going to roll with for now. Or uh, it's Elon Musk's Neuralink, which everybody's very excited for. Brain chips. Finally, uh, you don't need a phone anymore. You can just just think things, and and it comes up on your on your brain screen, and you get to call people through your brain. It'll be great. Uh, it's just it's weird. I can't stop staring at it. <laughs> Transhumanist transhumanism is on the rise. You know what I mean? Aren't you excited? <laughs> Whatever. It's awesome. We're all going to be flying around. I'm going to have jets coming out of my feet and shit. It's going to be dope. <laughs> Should I say it? It's pretty gross. You're gross. You're a gross person. Why my, not? What are you saying? My transhumanist dick will allow me to shit out the front side. <laughs> it's an emergency. Go to cannon mode. <laughs> Sid <laughs> phasers to kill. Oh, that's <laughs> gross. I want to get off of this story now. <laughs> I'm going to roll yeah, this well. one. Um, this, uh, the clip I'm going to play after the bumper is something that they played on the last no agenda for which anybody that has heard this before, my apologies, but I just want to bring it to the table for our show because God damn, Security measures incorporated into our lives are both sources of comfort and reminders of our vulnerability. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But then there's disdain for pluralism in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols. They are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. All the foul spirits, put your hands up, hands up. Uh, You know, that clip really just cements in my mind the parallels between COVID-19... 9-11, so much so that it actually manifested a story that I found in uh, inews.co.uk. COVID conspiracy theorist, quote, shamelessly using 20th anniversary of 9-11 to spread pandemic falsehoods. Oh, yeah. So many falsehoods. Yep. So many cons- you remember the so from the opening clip that I played, he said the the people who came up with this idea were this extremist group that happened to be or no it happened to be this fringe news group that was uh, that has associate has been associated in the past with this fringe extremist group, and so therefore this fringe extremist group is the is the thing that created this conspiracy and nothing else. It was it doesn't the, have anything to do with evidence or anything. It has to do with somebody came up with a story and everybody just like bought into it for no reason. 
That's how that's how all these debunk things go down. When you go into the oh well, you know that's just because the New York Post made an article and everybody it's like no, it's not the reason why this conspiracy exists. There's thousands of reasons why they they have books written on it. I mean that doesn't really say much, but they have college courses that they teach about 9/11 and about all the inconsistencies and. Even if it wasn't an inside job, what what the government has done to exploit and to use and to abuse this tragedy is well and above and beyond unethical and completely uh, unconstitutional and, and just tyrannical in every sense of the word. And it doesn't matter if they meant to do it or not. They did it, you know? Yep, and they did it hard, they did it long, and they didn't let up. And they're still doing it, and it's leading to this. COVID wouldn't exist without 9-11. Wow. I can tell you that. I don't think I've heard anyone say that yet. I mean, it's a long time coming. It's normalization. You have to think in terms of 10, 20, 30, 40 years. But give me a break. I mean, the world that existed before 9-11 would never react to COVID-19 in the way that, that this world does where people are just so engaged with their God complex that they, they're so sure that they they have the power to stop whatever this is. And the only reason that bad things happen is because somebody else isn't as powerful and smart and, and strong as them, and they don't have it in them to fucking blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's totally about them. They make it about them, and it's not about reality. It's not about facts or any any objective truth. It's completely about them. Yeah, uh, and that's why to this day, if you if you twenty years later still do not get why nine eleven is a conspiracy, that is your fault. One hundred percent. Nobody to blame but yourself. You you might be able to blame misinformation experts as well, but yeah, jury's still yeah. out on where I can actually apply to be one of those. <laughs> yeah, I hope they're getting paid a lot of fucking money. But yeah, I mean you're you're absolutely right. It's uh it's something that it's for at least a little while longer you can still get on inf- uh, the interwebs and find information on. How long is that going to last? It's getting harder and harder to do. I mean, I was trying to find stuff for today and it is insane how locked down uh YouTube is. Like if you type in 911 anything, I type in specific things and like I want to see videos of the molten steel pouring out of the side of the building and I'm t- and I'm specifically looking for that and and there's nothing they've scrubbed it it exists I know it exists I've seen it a hundred times seen it a thousand times but they've gotten rid of it and they've replaced it with fluff pieces and propaganda pieces and it's all corp it's all bought and paid for I'm sorry I, I, I'm going on a rant here please continue I keep interrupting well, it's all good. Um, this article uh, name drops David Icke and a nameless COVID-19 disinfo website, which we'll come to later. Uh, uh, what did I say? David Icke and a nameless COVID-19 disinfo website are seizing the day. The humanity. Quote, mm-hmm. videos promoting conspiracy theories about 9-11 and the COVID pandemic that, are, uh, that equate the two events are being shared on the messaging app Telegram, anti-vaxxers channels to tens of thousands of people, iNews uh, revealed. Mm-hmm. So-called 9-11 truther, truthers falsely claim that the terror attack was planned by the government and that this provided a blueprint for how governments around the world sim- similarly 
orchestrated the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people wonder why. Oh, I wonder why. You know, nobody got fired for 9-11. Nobody was held accountable. Did the people that even lost the $2.3 trillion get fired? Well, there's that, and that's like that's a footnote now, unless you're really involved in, in, in this and you're well-read on the topic. But, I mean, just even... Just the basic fact, even if we were to take the normie perspective and go, okay, yeah, these guys took the plan. They they, they got through the most intense defense system ever with box cutters, and they, and they pulled these incredible maneuvers with these giant plans after having flown for a week. And, yeah, okay, great. I mean, we'll go into, like, the whole list later. Oh, flying, but, flying at that speed at that altitude? Yeah, it, just, it goes on and on and on. But the, the idea that these guys were able to do this and nobody got fired because it was such a a massive fuck up on the part of the air force on the part of um central intelligence it was such a massive i mean it's it is the greatest breach of security uh of the last 100 years by far i mean it's worse than pearl harbor um but again isn't pearl harbor something that we had prior knowledge to well, there's a lot of evidence that, that yeah, we did, and that Pearl Harbor happened specifically because they wanted to get involved in the war. They had to get involved in the war or whatever. They just couldn't seem like the aggressors. They had to be the ones retaliating in yeah, righteous that's the, indignation. That's the white bread version of it. And then, of course, as you look into it, you know, you see what bankers were pulling who and who's behind every president, who's financing FDR, who's financing these guys, who's... Who's, uh, you know, pulling Wallace out of VP and switching it out with Truman right at the very last minute, you know, right as FDR is dying so that they can put in their little office weasel to take over after he's gone. Mm. I mean, there's all kinds of backdoor shit, and it's only a matter of looking into it. But, yeah, the uh, it's always been this way. It's always been this way. Well, the CEO of the Center of Countering Digital Hate uh, said conspiracy theorists shamelessly recycle. There's that word again. Uh, shamelessly recycle outlandish claims to fit the story of the day, whether it's in uh, whether it's the anniversary of 9/11, the pandemic, or any other major news story. Their propaganda has been given new life by technology owned by companies that turned a blind eye to the spread of hate and misinformation. Kind of like. Uh, Oh, I feel like we just played a clip for about something that was like the the virus came from like a some fucking animal or something. I, I can't even keep it straight anymore, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was next to a level four super world class coronavirus laboratory, but that's not where it came from. Yeah, so don't it be hateful, from... man. Don't be hateful. Yeah. As we approach the 20th anniversary of 9-11, these outlandish conspiracy theories cause pain to the families of the thousands of victims, as well as create new threats to the general public. It is wrong for social media companies to profit from the traffic generated by this dangerous, errant oh, nonsense. God. So this is this is like left tracking. I think this is what I'm going to coin this term as this left tracking. It's uh, it's holier than thou. Oh, well, you guys are getting making money. It's, it's, uh, it's the wheel that always rolls left. You can never be left enough, right? You can never oh, be yeah. uh, more, you can never be inclusive enough. You're always racist. You're always 
a bigot, no matter what. Yeah. Same same logic. Well, it's uh, they actually uh, through clever deduction they didn't link to the video, but I did find the video posted on David Ike's website, and it it actually turns out the way that I'm reading this, like they're they're sort of framing it like there's two different things that they're talking about. But David Ike posts this video that was created by OffGuardian.org. Uh, mm. which they're linked. They look like, a, well, if they're going to talk trash on them, of course I'm going to be interested in mm-hmm. in them, you know. But uh, they, they posted the same video. They're the ones that produced it. Um, and it features Robin uh, Monati. I probably butchered his last name. I think they're just, they're making it sound like it's two different videos, but it's just one video from what I can tell. Okay. Uh, but they're pissed off because this man dared to compare lockdowns to eugenicist programs, and he also runs a Telegram channel with Michael Yearden. You might recognize that name from him being the former vice president of Pfizer. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. And he's the one that uh, I think he was bringing up the concerns of vaccinating pregnant women. Hmm. Um, and he's like, go for it. No problem. Yeah. He won't get it himself, but yeah. No, 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 not at all. He is very much uh, against the veracity and velocity uh, that these uh, shots have rolled out with. Sure, I Mm -hmm. think no agenda's had to have played him a couple of times at this point. This guy is an ex-president of Pfizer? Ex-vice president. Ex-vice president, and and he's vocally against. Yep. All the stuff. Uh, and, yeah, it shut down. Uh, that's, I, that's nice to hear that somebody from Pfizer is actually on the good side for once. Um, I can hit you with uh, some of the clips. Uh, it's only a five-minute video. I got them split up into three if you want to hear the whole thing. It's uh, the first question that um, Robin here, who is speaking, is asked is, uh, what made him question the narrative about covid Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Robin Monotti. I'm an architect, a film producer, and I run a Telegram channel called Robin Monotti Channel, and it's got Mike Eden, who is one of the main contributors to it. I became a skeptic of what we were told the moment that the government said, stay at home. It was very obvious to me that the best thing to do for any kind of epidemic is actually to go outside especially in late March, because you are exposed to sunlight, which stimulates your vitamin D production in your body. And that is your main defense against respiratory viruses. Coupled with the amount of stress that is induced in a human being told to stay home, it's a double whammy of immune weakening, which can only lead to more disease. A higher immunity means less infections. So going out, getting on with your life, essentially ignoring the bad news and the epidemic is the best strategy. And it's fairly obvious to me, and I'm an architect, they know exactly what they're doing. They were lying. They were lying from the beginning. I could see it. So I became a skeptic in March 2020 of what they were saying, if not even earlier, and have been ever since. And uh, most of my observations have been confirmed as true. I mean, March 20. 
2020. Wasn't that about the same time that, uh, uh, I, well, I sent you that super clip of a lot of left leaning sort of pundits and, uh, politicians talking about how you didn't need to worry about the coronavirus. Yeah. Which is what they were saying in the two weeks leading up two weeks leading up to, Oh, we need two weeks. Uh, it was just like, oh, you don't need masks. Don't worry about this thing. It's just the flu, whatever. By the way, I posted last night the flu numbers. Flu numbers are unreal. Yeah, thousands, like, right? Uh, like hundreds. Oh, <laughs> nice. Like I posted, you can go with the CDC uh, flu site. I mean, it, it's it's. I, maybe I'm like reading it wrong. I'm trying to figure it out, but. First of all, it's extremely complicated to figure out how to read these charts to even find where this data is. It's not just like as easy as if you go to COVID, it's like it gives you the chart. Oh, between now and now, this is the wave. If you try to do that for the flu, they don't got that. You got to kind of go through data and you got a weird graph that like you're trying to figure out what, what it makes sense. And I, I don't know. I mean, they're doing everything they can to obfuscate the fact that like the flu is just gone. It went from, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dying a year to, like, them basically just not even counting it anymore. Anybody, which I assume it's just anybody who dies of the flu, they just mark it as COVID instead, and it gets tallied as a COVID death. There's so many things iffy about the numbers, which, I don't know, I mean... First of all, you go out and you go to these, there's all these big events all the time. There's there's the idea that the homeless aren't getting it. The homeless aren't dying in mass quantities. There aren't bodies piling up in the streets. And then you go to the hospital and you go we walk around and it's like nobody's, you ask the nurses, nobody's nobody's dying there. Nobody's dying, you know. You're like, who, where are these people that are that are dying? Wow. Like I believe, you know, you want to believe. You, want, you don't want to be a dick, but it's like, where are these people, dude? Because they're not, I mean, you hear like a friend of a friend, oh, they died of COVID. Maybe they did. Maybe they died of the flu. They could have died of anything. I don't know. There's nothing specific about this disease that's like, that's it. Oh, someone, that's it. They died of that. Well, I'm still not totally rolling out the mind over matter and people that are full lock, stop, stock and barrel, uh, essentially worrying themselves to death. I definitely, yeah. I definitely know that um, JCD has made that point. But I also found an Atlantic article. I haven't had a chance to read it. I found it getting ready for this show. The headline, Our Most Reliable Pandemic Number is Losing Meaning. A new study suggests that almost half of those hospitalized with COVID-19 have mild or asymptomatic cases. So if they're mild or asymptomatic, what the fuck are they doing in the hospital? Maybe these are people that are already there. And maybe they don't have the fucking nursing staff to actually take care of more people in flexing. So there's people that are already there who caught COVID while being there. And it's. And the economy is fucking dying. Businesses are failing left and right. The hospitals are struggling. Everybody's working with skeleton crews. They're doing everything they can to, to obscure this fact. You can go anywhere. You can see anything. Half the fucking restaurants around here are closed. They're boarded up. This is the this is one of the worst moments in American history in in my lifetime. Certainly, just one of the most 
oh, oh, I don't even know. I don't have the words for it. Just so over the top detrimental to everybody. Every single fucking person is hurt by this. And their kids and their grandkids and the future to come. It's only just begun. And they'll they'll just do everything they can to hide that fact. While releasing stories through the uh, through the Atlantic and the Lancet and fuck through the everybody. Interceptor. Um, again, it's like the 9-11 thing. If you really want to know, you just have to pay attention. Well, it helps if you were actually there and you saw it. Like um, we're here, we're seeing this shit. I mean, we. I didn't see. No, I, I didn't. I didn't even know what the twin towers were until someone actually the the math teacher walked in and, and told the classroom. Like, what? well, I mean, on the day, sure, but I'm just saying, in the years since then, we, you know, we've had access to all the all the video and all the stuff and and all the literature. Well, and, maybe and we've watched the government use it and abuse it since then. I mean, my our whole life is is watched this country grow up around this little carte blanche that our government has because of this little incident. And every year, there's just more and more evidence that that there was a small group of people at the highest level who run everything, who did plan it. And it's not crazy because they've done it before. If you if you've ever paid attention to uh, what's the what's the JFK one Northwoods, Operation Northwoods, yeah, Operation Northwoods. That's just that's that's like an Epstein thing. It's just so obvious. There's no way that you can say it's a conspiracy because it's it's declassified. It's in your face. Northwoods. They were going to do that exact same shit. They were going to bomb places and do all kinds of terrorist attacks on on American soil. They were going to false flag attacks. They were going to murder their own citizens and then blame Cuba in order to have a reason to invade Cuba and to get the public on their side. It, this is something that they presented to JFK. JFK told him to pound sand. He rejected it. And it's only because that he, it's only because he rejected it, that it is declassified, that it is available to the public. And the vast majority of things, I mean, every other thing I'd imagine ever doesn't get rejected outright it gets it goes through some process either get accepted or or it gets put away to where it can be classified this was explicit this was jfk going fuck you i'm going to expose you guys you're you're a den of vipers and thieves and he, he opened it up to the world and so we have proof that the american government has officially come up with plans to harm their own people in order to push some sort of national security agenda. And national security doesn't mean the public welfare. It means protecting the people who control the interests of, of this sovereign nation. So, anyway, sorry. Well, I'm, just, I'm thinking about that Ben Franklin quote, uh, those who trade freedom for security deserve neither. Yeah. And to have it so open, just so blatant, they don't need to hide anything. Everybody just eats it up. Well, let me uh, let me hit you with uh, why he started. Uh, sorry, Robin, going back to the clip. Let me hit you with why he started questioning nine eleven. Well, nine eleven. There's that video, which was a BBC presenter saying, "We've just had notification that Building Seven has collapsed." But the building was standing right behind her. Doesn't take a genius to figure out that um, 
information was given to the journalist by someone who knew that in the space of a few minutes the building number seven would have collapsed. How did it collapse? Given it wasn't hit by anything, there are two different versions. One is by NIST, uh, which is a government investigation. And another one, which is by the real experts here, is by architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. It's fairly obvious to anyone with a basic understanding of structural engineering that of the two proposed solutions, the one that, which is most likely to have occurred is the one from architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. And I would leave it to you to go and see what actually they, they wrote. But my point being is uh, you do not trust a government agency with any information. If you want to look at the experts, they need to be independent. Architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth are independent experts. They're highly qualified. I'm an architect too. The official narrative that we were given is not, is not professional, is not believable, lies, essentially basic lies. I mean, he doesn't sound that deranged. No, doesn't. Uh, here's an, the normal people that do. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're a little too nor- new normal for me. It's not really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just wish death on people that don't get vaccines more, that would be more sane of you. If you could just be a little more sane. Oh, man, did I? Oh, I can't remember if I'd sent you that link. I had found a total grave-stomping anti-vaxxer website. Uh, it was people mm. posting anti-vaxxers in the hospital dying. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, check it out. Oh, yeah. You deserve this. You should have trusted Pfizer, that great company. You should have trusted Johnson & Johnson, that great company. Family company. Man, I wish I could remember who I'd sent it to. Uh, yeah, Building 7, also another thing that nobody ever acknowledges. I, I've been to the Twin Towers, uh, not the Twin Towers, but I've been to the Liberty Tower and the Memorial twice. I've been there 2015, 2019. And there is not one thing about Tower 7 anywhere. Couldn't find it. They probably didn't have the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, they did. Silverstein, that's the other smoking gun. Silverstein put out an unreal insurance policy on the building. That guy, the owner of the towers, that guy walked away with like three, four billion dollars in insurance money at the end of it. Every interview that you watch of that guy after nine eleven, he's smiling. Every single interview. There's not one interview where he looks sad or or troubled or anything. He's he's stoked. Billions, billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Uh, fucking great racket. Another thing, yet another thing. I mean, there's just so many fucking things. The fact that Tower 7 collapsed free fall speeds from, what, desk fires? Uh, and then you've got all of the videos of, of eyewitness accounts of people on the street calling out the demolition. Oh, I saw it. It went, you know, pop, 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 down the floor, you know? Sound like gunshots. Pop, 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 pop. There's all kinds of videos. There's dozens and dozens of videos of, of people who who say, "Oh, I saw. Yeah, it was a demolition. It was a fucking. You know, I saw the pop, pop, pop." Uh, the whole thing. I mean, the the way that those three towers collapsed was unprecedented. 
No steel structure had ever collapsed like that before, and it has never collapsed. Nothing has collapsed like that since. Those were three anomalous events that happened next to each other in one day. Let me read to you another quote, and they are actually talking about this, but (laughs) see if you hear the part where I get confused. Jane Stanley, who was reporting on the ground during 9-11 for the BBC, has been at the center of conspiracies for 20 years after she said the 47-story Solomon Brothers building close to the World Trade Center had collapsed. Around 23 minutes before it actually came down. In reality, the Solomon Solomon Brothers building was just on fire and had not crumbled. Miss Stanley told the documentary The Conspiracy Files in 2011 she had been thinking on her feet after being confronted with a statement she could not verify. It was, quote, a very small and very honest mistake, she said. <laughs> is that what she is that what they're talking about? WTC seven, the Solomon Brothers building? I think this is no, I, I don't know if they call it the Solomon Brothers building, is that it? Is, did they? Maybe the chat can can confirm that. I will try to confirm that right now. <laughs> oh my god, it is totally WTC seven. <laughs> Solomon Solomon Brothers building. I mean it, it sounds cause the building was just loaded with, with finance shit. That's that's one of the big reasons why people assume that it was is demoed is because it was loaded and it was also it had some emergency governmental services as well so it was a, it was a big big deal the the one that I always am curious about is if the the plane that or the quote unquote plane that crashed into the Pentagon did it actually take out the one office that had the information on the two point three trillion dollars that Rumsfeld had said was missing the day before. At the Pentagon? I mean, that's, uh, I guess, the generally accepted meme. Um, that's the generally accepted meme. I'm wondering if it's actually true, though, because that would be insane <laughs> if that were actually the truth. I'm still just kind of hung up that they wouldn't call the building WTC7. I'd never heard of the Solomon Brothers building. And it sounds like that they were a group that invested into the building to renovate it and then uh, sort of leased up most of the space inside. Hmm. Interesting. Salomon Brothers, Larry Silverstein. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So, yeah, all these all these characters, all these players in, in the whole sh- shebang. Well, <laughs> maybe this other uh, line from the article will clear things up. A CNN journalist and local media outlets also reported the building had possibly collapsed because of widespread confusion on the ground during the tragedy. Mm. People were so shocked that it caused the building to crumble. Yeah, no shit. It crumbled so fast. All this happened within the span of like three hours, four hours. I mean, just so fast. Actually, not even three hours. It happened within the span of, yeah, less than three hours. Both All three buildings were in rubble <laughs> from, from the first plane hitting it. I mean, just so unrealistic, so baffling to think. Uh, and, and people, oh, yeah, whatever, that happened. NIST comes out, NIST, and they, they bring out their bullshit models, which they then immediately classify 
They've got the the 9-11 Commission, which is headed by none other than what's-his-fucking-head, Henry Kissinger, the head of cover-ups, the rock star, the pope of cover-ups. They bring him in. <laughs> oh, yeah, nothing to fucking see here, dude. Jesus Christ, give me a break. This thing is the most rotten fish in the sea. And every Oh, no, no way. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Halliburton has just undeniable monopoly over all kinds of military utility uh, complex facilities and, and supply and all kinds of shit just for the, forever. Still do. Well, even no, mean, no Agenda brought up a, a brand new piece of the puzzle that we had never heard of before. And he had relayed the story of one of his former co-workers of some, 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 someone that he had worked with that was living in New York at the time and a severed head supposedly from the accident had landed on top of his building and the head was in the helmet. Wow. Um, Very odd. A helmet. Yeah. What kind of a helmet? Like a, like an air force helmet. It wasn't really specified from what I, can remember mm. probably hey so there's a head and a passport but there's no actual pieces of the plane the engine is gone the black box is gone uh just passports and heads and helmets pa- passport just the one survived was it passport i thought there was like a driver's license too in the field Oh, maybe different plane, yeah. And then the phone calls, like people are making cell- cellular phone yeah, calls. which is just so wrong. And there's a lot of those cell phone calls, you listen to them, they sound fake as shit, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you listen to them and like, I don't want to be like a complete hater, but you listen to those phone calls and you can hear shitty 2001 acting, okay? Like... You know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer extras acting. Oh. So then who in the fuck would make that up? Well, somebody who had the genius idea to say that they were making cell phone calls from those planes. Something that you can't even fucking do today. <laughs> you well, I certainly thought, I couldn't thought, fucking do it then. I thought it was the they had taken the plane elsewhere and landed it. They were in the air for like an hour because, and then they were running these drills, these exercises. They were running these, you know, NORAD and all these guys, they were running these, these uh, exercises as if this was happening, as if there was a hijacking and they were going to crash into a plane. And that's a huge part of, of the fuck up is that for an hour, these guys were sitting around with their dicks in their hands trying to figure out if, if what they were facing was an exercise or if it was the real thing. These guys got to fuck around and, and divert from Boston and do all kinds of shit. I mean, it's not like, you know, this happened in 20 minutes. A fucking full hour these guys were fucking around. I mean, it's insane, man. <laughs> well, I found the, uh, thanks to the wonderful magic of transcripts and chapters, I found the clip of No Agenda. How cool is that? Cool. Blown passport sitting in the middle of the street. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> now, my favorite actually was never reported, but a friend of mine who was one of the editors at PC Magazine lived in a tall, in a high rise, uh, uh, not too far from nine the Nick the nine eleven target, and on the roof of the house there was the a, a, a pilot or somebody's head in, in the, 
<laughs> oh God! With the hel- with the helmet on. Nice. <laughs> Wait, with a helmet on? Yeah, W. There was a helmet on the guy. That's the way I understood but, it. Yeah. But which? This was someone in the aircraft. Yeah. Hmm. That sounds. Yeah, I know. That it's sounds weird. suspicious. That's what it was a report. It's kind of an anonym- well, anomaly. Let's Could go have go fallen from outer space. Weird JCD cosmonaut. Let's do a, a, a quick one, two. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird JCD story. I don't know if I buy it. Yeah. Well, we know for a fact that they found that fucking passport. It was just, just stupid. So stupid. If you can believe that. They got the clip. I, I'm going to play my, when we get to my part later, I'll play that clip. It's part of the, the deal I got. All, it's great. All I'm saying about the phone call specifically, I thought the storyline with that one was they, uh, the hijackers had taken the plane and landed it elsewhere uh, and had some sort of, I, I don't know. I I guess I don't remember well enough to have brought it up. The, the, they hijacked the plane. One of these planes that they hijacked, they landed it, and then they took it back off again. Or flew something else in its place. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, you just assume that the, the most efficient way to execute the plan, if you were to theoretically do this, pull this off, the idea would be you hijack the plane and then you fly it into whatever you're going to fly it into as soon as humanly fucking possible. You don't want to land the thing. You don't want to fucking dick around. So just the idea that they're doing that even is just is just incredulous. It's, it's, it seems so fantastical that that this was that this were to occur. And then and then from then it just gets even more fantastical with how the buildings collapse. And then it gets even more fantastical with how the government reacts to the whole fucking thing. And they react to it in the exact way, like, oh, shit, you guys totally fucking knew about this. At least the top, top people, the people that pay everyone else. That's all that matters. Because when you get to that level of government, you don't stay there. You don't have a career unless you just fucking say yes, you know, right? to whoever is paying your, whoever's giving you the paycheck at the end of the day. You just fucking say yes. You know. Win the ballot, win fat stacks. Yeah. All that matters is the votes. And the, the way to get the votes is to get the money. And the way to get the money is to appease to the fucking rich people. And the richer the person, the hotter you're going to be. And that's the bottom line. Can you believe what people are saying in Telegram? We are involuntarily participants in a third world, a third world war that is currently underway. The elite are fighting against humanity, targeting the populace as the enemy. Uh, one message read on an anti-COVID vaccine telegram channel with 43,000 people. 43,000 people saw that. Fuck. Coup. Uh, con- uh, another one. A considerable amount of evidence suggests that the 9-11 attack was a move orchestrated by the nation's own government with the participation of the CIA and the Mossad. Uh, right now, with the excuse of a false pandemic crisis, we find ourselves in a similar situation where our freedoms and constitutional rights are being threatened worldwide in order to impose a toxic gene therapy vaccine using bribery. Mm-hmm. And uh, naturally, the 9-11 Commission debunked all this disinformation. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in 2014, uh, 2014, they reported that uh, we were way underprepared. For 2001. Lack of imagination. Yeah, not that we weren't running an exercise that was uh, anticipating this exact event that day, 
But yeah, no, total lack of imagination. Uh, just to kind of wrap this article up, uh, they bring in everybody's favorite trope. If you claim 9-11 was a conspiracy, uh, especially if you bring in Mossad, you are an anti-Semite. Uh, of course. Uh, the, and that is thank you to the Anti-Defamation League. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. The, the fantastic organization, the ADL, that really works towards equality and... And equity for all. They're kind of like the FBI demon juggalos uh, gang, organized crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see oh, what else. Uh, they also... Oh, and... What you got, boobs? Huh? What? What you got? Oh, uh, COVID vaccines do not use toxic gene therapy, a claim which has been widely debunked. Why not thinly? Why not uh, thin stripsly? It's been thinly debunked. It's been debunked here. It's been debunked hugely. <laughs> bigly. Bigly, bigly debunked. Bigly debunked. <laughs> Big debunkly. <laughs> uh, quote, as mRNA is genetic material, mRNA vaccines can be looked at as genetic-based therapy, but they are classified as vaccines and are not designed to alter your, your genes. It's more like a gene massager, almost. Like, yeah, we're uh, not going to give you gene therapy. We're just going to do a, a therapy adjacent. <laughs> therapy adjacent? <laughs> yeah. We're not going to alter your genes. We're going to uh, tickle them. We're going to slightly, genuinely try to sincerely persuade your genes. I'm going to caress the spikes right out of you. I just want to just grab those spikes and fucking yank them here and there and everywhere. Spike all over the goddamn place. <clears throat> For science. Uh, it bitch. Be, <laughs> science, bitch. <laughs> the CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about anything. You just let the scientists tell you the science, bro. That's it. Oh, easy peasy. Uh, the story wraps with uh, a, a journalist who saw the attack inviting so-called truthers to come interview with him in a BBC documentary. Uh, he tried to explain to them, but for no avail, because they just said that his eyes were probably lying to him. Quote, the dismissal of... <laughs> Tell me lies, tell me sweet lies. Oh, I was going Eagles. Oh, I, would, uh, I don't like the Eagles. I'm I hate back. the Eagles, but but they do have the song called Your Lion Eyes. Oh, this look, is true. Look, man, boobs, I've had a hell of a night, and I fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> um, they uh, they did, also... Did you get that reference at all? No. You didn't get that reference? What is this? It's the Big Lebowski. Oh no, I'm bad with references from that movie. I haven't seen it enough. I've seen it a couple times. I've seen okay. it maybe two or three times. Okay, it's just one. Okay, just okay. Right. Just so you know. Wait, is that? Are they playing Hotel California, the bowling alley? Uh, no. It's after he uh, he goes to the the porn producer's spot, Jackie Treehorns, and he gets drugged, and he gets. Kicked out, and then they goes to the sheriff of the town, and then the sheriff throws a mug at his head, and then he's taking a cab back to his house, 
and the and the cab driver. I can't believe <laughs> he's driving in the cab, and the cab driver is playing the Eagles, and he's just like, "Hey, man, I've had a hell of a night, and I fucking hate the Eagles, man." And the driver's like, "Well, then you get the fuck out of my cab." And he's, "You have, uh, we're gonna watch this, boobs. When we come over, we'll watch it some more." Got to get these references. Very important. Well, here. How about how about I hit you with a little happy medium ground? You know I'm happy medium ground. Jesus, man, could you change the channel? Fuck you, man. If you don't like my fucking music, get your own fucking cab. I have a really. I'll pull up to the side and kick your ass out. Man, come on. I had a rough night, and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. (laughs) John Ilyich Elyanov boobs, okay? We're talking about... Lenin, the leader of the Soviet Union, okay? You're out of your fucking element, man. <laughs> See, now you've got Spencer all triggered. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Me and Spencer oh, can, sorry, can let me... quote that whole movie, just the two of us. We can do the end in DeLorean. And I was I was projecting because I'm the one that's at fault here. You're just simply pointing out facts. <laughs> As I would expect you, and and hope that you would do. I just wanted to make sure that while I'm like cussing and and stuff, I want you to know that I'm just making a movie reference. That's <laughs> the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I anyway, the bottom line is the moral of the story is I also fucking hate the Eagles. Well, but they got that one song, <laughs> your lying eyes and your smile. All I was going to say is that iNews was kind enough to uh, fix part of their story when they said that uh, Robin was an anti-vaxxer, but they amended it to say that he is just anti-lockdown and not actually against vaccines. Oh, you mean like the rest of us? Yeah. That's it. We're anti-lockdown. Yeah, that's it. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Hmm. That's what I had. I'm going to not touch on the CIA goes woke, because I feel like that story's old, but for whatever reason, Politico had a write-up about it. Uh, Did you see what they said about, who was it? Uh, was it JCD talking about Merck and how woke Merck is? Oh, did yeah. Did you this on the show the other day? I did. I listened to it twice. Oh, my God. I didn't actually go. Whoa, Sir Spencer, Joe Walsh is Joe Walsh. Okay, you've got the Eagles, and then you've got Joe Walsh with the Eagles. The Eagles needed Joe Walsh, not the other way around. Let's get let's get it straight. Joe Walsh is a fucking man. Um. He was doing that as a coordination exercise in his dressing room. And uh, Glenn came in and was like, oh, that's a fucking, that's a Eagle song, dude. Anyway. Merck has this creepy hourglass cross logo. 
in the city. Ooh, 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 oh, in the city. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so Merc is fucking uh, woke as fuck, and they got a shitty website, and they're shitty people, just like Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and Moderna and all of them. Did you see what I'm saying about the loco, though? It's a, it's a series of circles stacked on top of each other, but the top and bottom circle are half-covered. Merc. And it looks like a little hourglass inside mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. intersecting pills. It's pills. It's pills. Oh, weird. Hourglass, cross, pills. Yeah, circles. Half points, square inverse, etc. Sacred geometry, it never ends, boobs. <laughs> well, that uh, wraps it for that story. Do you want mm. a, a screen mail? Yeah, let's let's have a screen mail to warm us up for intermission. Okay. I can stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. All the good. Thank you, Huga Chaga caller. That's good. I like that. I want to save the next one for post intermission just in case we don't have any other callers coming in, but now's the time that you can do it. So yeah, give us a call. Nine one uh, six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. Six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. That's six one two two six three sexy. Is there a is there anything that uh you would like to say about this particular intermission? Because we have a first uh well I mean yeah a little little back back office ch- uh, talk here but this is my first intermission and I think my not my first intro but I I took the intro and the intermission this week I've been trying to take on more production uh, elements I like it I'm excited I I got a cold listen for it so let me experience yeah, it, it. <laughs> didn't even listen to anything I sent in so who knows. You know, I like it. I like doing the the cold reacts if I can. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I trust you. I trust your judgment. I trust your taste. Thank you. We'll see how long that lasts. But thank you, thank you. We'll see. <laughs> Hell yeah! You want to you want to give me the cue to slap this motherfucker in? Yeah, yeah. Find the golden VCR, the one that we stole from the Vatican. Throw it in that one. Oh, okay. I can do that. Uh, yeah. It's right over there on the shelf. Okay, good. By the way, fuck the Pope.
Clendenin, West Virginia, November 12, 1966. Five men digging a grave in a cemetery claim to see a strange, winged, man-like creature fly above them and then just above the tree line. It is an incident they cannot explain, and it is not the last. Three days later, near Point Pleasant, West Virginia, a small town on the border of Ohio, Two young couples are driving at night near the McClintic Wildlife Management Area when they observe something which stands out rather remarkably. At first, it is merely a pair of glowing red eyes, but as they progress along the road, they see something utterly terrifying. They claim to have seen the body to which the threatening eyes belonged, a hideous, man-sized, if not taller, winged creature. They attempt to drive away from it, but the creature, whatever it is, takes flight, taking off quite suddenly like a helicopter, and pursues them. Even as the driver reaches speeds of a hundred miles per hour, the creature remains right on their tail, squeaking, they claimed, like a big mouse. When the couples reach town, they find that the creature is gone. They immediately call the police and give them their account. The first report of the Mothman. Thank you, and just for you, Director Clapper, again on the surveillance front, and I hope we can 
do this in just a yes or no answer because I know Senator Feinstein wants to move on. Last summer, the NSA director was at a conference and he was asked a question about the NSA surveillance of Americans. He replied, and I quote here, the story that we have millions or hundreds of millions of dossiers on people is completely false. The reason I'm asking the question is having served on the committee now for a dozen years, I don't really know what a dossier is in this context. So what I wanted to see is if you could give me a yes or no answer to the question, does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. It does not. Not wittingly. There are cases where they could inadvertently perhaps uh, collect, but not, not wittingly. Welcome back to second, second half of episode 62 of Behind the Schemes. 
And uh, Tahunta in the chats just dropped this mind-blowing collection. Did you see this? I was uh, previewing. I was kind of running around during the intermission. But uh, there's been some good stuff that has been dropped in the chat. Yeah. uh, Tahunta, it's a whole series of uh, TV broadcasts from the day. Starting from 8 a.m. going to goddamn, let's see what time it is, 4 p.m., 9 p.m., 11 p.m. And it goes from September 11th to September 17th. Wow. And it's from Mexico City, BBC, Beijing, New York, Iraq, Paris, Ottawa, Moscow, Austin, Texas. D.C., Boston, holy shit. So this is a really comprehensive global coverage of the event for the whole week after it. I bet there's some pretty cool stuff in there. Yeah, no doubt. Did you ever see that documentary? I forget what it was called. It was I always get it mixed up with 127 hours. I keep calling it 127 minutes, but it was like 237 minutes or something. And... um it's a it's a a compilation of uh, footage from people that were there at Ground Zero throughout the whole morning from from like five minutes before the first plane hit to after the last building collapsed. And there's no narrative, there's no dialogue, there's no nothing. It's just a compilation of of ground footage that covers like every second of that two and a half hour period. I don't know if I do. You remember the name of it? Because I, it, all I can think of is just watching the compilations on YouTube before they pulled them down. Uh, the boots on the ground, so to speak. Uh, but I did find during intermission, I did find the catalog of uh, two minutes. That was it. Yeah, hundred two minutes is what it's called. There was the um, it was the National Park Service of all groups or entities has the catalog of uh, phone calls from flight 93. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that the MPS has that. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not Easier sure. to access that way. I guess so. 102 minutes though. That's the name of the documentary. That's correct. 102 minutes. Uh yeah, it's it's a it's pretty cool. I I like it a lot. Um Yeah. But there's all kinds of footage. I mean, I've seen so much footage of and it's come and gone and and I hope that somebody's making a database full of all of the different clips and, and things. I think YouTube is is far gone. I mean, you can't find anything on YouTube. You got to go to BitChute, or you got to go to one of these alternative sites. And even then, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack because there's so much crap on there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I've often wondered um, if anyone's made torrents of uh, all these collections, sort of missing media. That would be interesting. There'd be somebody in the NA sphere if, if there was somebody, I guarantee. Mm, no doubt. Uh, how about I smack you in the face with this uh, next screen mail? Yeah, screen mail me. 
I just want to say, Fletcher, if you're hearing this, I heard a distinctive slap when you were uh, hitting the voicemail, and just something about it was so perfectly timed, and it really made my night. <laughs> yeah, it's the little things. Little things. Here it is. <coughs> Actually, kind of got me a little bit. Yeah, in the end, came in, came through. Took a little time to rev that engine, but you know, once you got it going. And the transcription only says rep. <laughs> well, the, the BT, the second second have a show BT goes to you, caller. That's funny. Yeah, if you want to give us a scream, you can call us at 612-263-7999. Because you're listening to Behind the Schemes, it's currently episode 62, September 13th, 2021. My name is Lavish, and I'm here with the Mothman of the Miniocalypse, Mr. Booberry himself. Booberry! We have Lavish. That's right. That's true. This is two facts we can... <laughs> these are the only two facts that we can guarantee. Yes. We can confirm and not deny these things. Yes. I like this documentary. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. I want to check it out. Little, oh, yeah. Uh, Vimeo, too. I highly recommend it. And, uh, yes, yeah, Sir Spencer in the chat says, you can always get Booberry's Jimmy's rustling uh, by throwing in a violent sound effect. And I can, I can attest to that. A lot of the things that have made uh, boobs go, oh, wow, is stuff that I've sent him where it's violent or gross or loud. Yes. I have a shirt that says it's time for ultraviolence on the back. Mm. It's pretty good. But he is a lover, not a fighter. This is true. I'll watch fighting. Yeah, he just loves violence. I, yeah, <laughs> just like the watch. Just likes to watch. It's like you know, I, I I like every every time I listen to anything on COVID. It's not a hate clip; it's a love clip. I can't get enough of it. It's you know? a love fest around here. Yeah, I don't have where shit. I don't know where that one went. <laughs> I only have so many buttons. Okay. But when I, know, I build I when I build that fucking MIDI controlled uh, Arduino arcade button soundboard, it's gonna be fucking lit. Okay, yeah. we're going to build uh, booze a a like to spec arcade machine that will play all of the clips. So if he wants to do a good job, he basically has to win at like uh, Space Invaders or something. Galaga, Galaga is a uh, Technically, Galaga is technically my jam. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Everyone's got their jam. I will button mash the motherfucker out of that. Yeah. 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 We got got stuff in the works. We got arcade machines, raspy blitzes. Man, we're a couple of tech guys. (laughs) I guess. Dude named what in the fuck does that plug you into? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 Ned. 
Good night, Ned. Ned. Buenas noches. Um. All right. What's uh? What you got for tonight? Well, I had to. Here, let me uh, have a little sip of this. Refreshing. I had some stuff on nine eleven. Um, that I also wanted to bring up. You know, and I know, and everybody who listens to the show knows that I'm a fan of James Corbett and the Corbett Report. And uh, I think that he... Ha- well, actually, you know what? Before I get on that, let me let me back up. Let me back up. Before we get on the 9 of stuff, let's just talk about today, 9-13. I want to say that on this day, in uh, 9-13 in, in 1814, Fort McHenry in Baltimore's Inner Harbor was attacked by British forces during the Battle of Baltimore which was a massive siege, and it had a lot of explosives, and it had a lot of gnarly shit going on. It was a a turning point for military technology, and it was an interesting time for military technology. And Francis Scott Key happened to be present at the event, and uh, he wrote the uh, poem Defense of Fort McHenry, which later became the lyrics to the United States National Anthem. So he wrote, uh, you know, Oh, and you see, but so he wrote that uh, in response to watching this siege that happened on this day in 1814 in Baltimore. So, just wanted to give a shout out to that. Uh, Happy America! And then on this day in 1971, the Attica prison riots ended when New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller, Nelson Rockefeller, uh, New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller, ordered the storming of the prison in which 38 people were killed. So thank you very much to Governor Rockefeller for that incident that we have to remember ourselves on this day, 9-13, September 13th. So anyway, what do you think about that? It's pretty cool. It's pretty legal. Yeah. I like Stuff it. happens. Well, mm-hmm. I like a little dive through history on this day. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else has claimed that gag yet. I like I'm it. a history fan. I like so it. I like it. I like to see what's what happened on the day, and if I happen to know anything about that thing that happened. So these were two things that stuck out to me. But uh, anyway, yeah, man, 9/11. Um, Corbett, I think, has one of the best, one of the best um, series of, of. He has like a four-minute video that kind of rolls through it. And if you are, you know, familiar with your conspiracies and I guarantee that you've heard this before, uh, it's a, it's a very fun, quick, tidy thing that really points out a ton of, it's not perfect, but it points out a ton of things. So if you can hit me with Corbett one. On the morning of September 11th, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. God damn, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, seen, I've heard this. It's, it's good. <laughs> this is this is a this is a gold mine as far as the nine eleven videos are concerned because it's just so on the nose. But yeah, so thirteen guys, Saudi Arabians, by the way, not Iraqis. We went to war with Iraq 
in the face of this in Afghanistan, uh, again, uh, both countries, again, went to war with them in the face of this, where we found out that the identities of these 13 pilots were Saudi Arabian. Saudi Arabia is one of the major financial forces on the planet currently. If you're looking at oil people, you're looking at oil money. Uh, for context, oil is really what it made America America what it is today, the Rockefeller family um, being the major oil players at the, at the blooming of the Industrial Revolution and the adoption of gas and petrol as, as a standard, um, which it wasn't always, and there were a lot of alternatives to it, and those alternatives were crushed. And uh, the oil... Is, is the main thing. The money that the Rockefellers got from the oil at that time was unprecedented, and it built New York, and it built San Francisco, and it built all kinds of aspects of American culture that we take for granted. It put a lot of money into education through these philanthropic propaganda um, processes that we've explained in previous episodes, like with the Koch brothers and with Bill Gates. Rockefeller wrote the, wrote the book on this as far as the modern playbook is concerned. And these oil guys in Saudi Arabia, they're the new Rockefellers. They're the new guys. It wasn't just the Rockefellers. The, the, the Royal Dutch family over in Europe did a similar thing in their heyday uh, under, oh gosh, what was her name? Not Catherine. There's something, something the fourth. One of the queens of, um, of, of the queen of, of the Netherlands during World War I and World War II. She was one of, had the, one of the longest reigns of any European monarch. And she made a shitload of money by, um, essentially chartering and allowing these expeditions, these privatized expeditions to go out and to build oil wells and to develop the oil industry into what it is now. So they, they're loaded in that way. Then you've got the Saudi Arabians, and they're doing that now. And what they do with that money now is they build cities in the desert you know, that are going to collapse the second the money runs out because <laughs> there's no way that these cities should exist. They do all kinds of crazy shit. They fly in their gold cars from Saudi Arabia into London and drive around in them and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's very well documented what these guys do now. They're the big players now. Um, all the oil in America is consolidated. You're either part of a big company like Shell or Chevron or whatever, which are all offshoots of either the Dutch company or Standard Oil, the Rockefeller company, or you are a private owner like the Koch brothers there's no in between you know either way That's, you're a big baller either way you're big you're big 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 time big time like a so bush anyway, like a bush like a bush and bush is involved in that oil money bush is totally oil money and then going even further back opium money he was involved in the opium trade and in the opium wars that were going on between England and China at the time which were huge, huge profits. And that ties into the banking system, of course. All the characters that we talk about have a hand in that. And the their grandfathers, great-grandfathers did, right? Um, and, anyway. And don't don't forget medical with the actual opium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the medical industry, which is founded on that. Uh, Bayer is a Rockefeller company. And uh, Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, these are, I mean, Johnson & Johnson is a private company that that became a massive, massive company that has ties with these sorts of things, bears a direct result of the Rockefellers 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a very, these guys dominate this industry, the oil money and the, and the banking industry, they, they financed all the stuff in the first place and their generations deep in all of it. It's so, it's so deep that nobody even knows about it. It's taken for granted entirely. It was a PR firm that, uh, not PR firm, a PR, um, ploy that occurred generations ago that worked like a charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Bernays. Uh, Appreciate it, bro. Bernays. We're going to do a, an episode on him, and we're going to do an episode on his uh, nephew or his descendant, the the Netflix guy, and how all kinds of – the it goes back to bloodlines. A lot of guys are tied in with Freud and with sort of this elitist European aristocracy um, that bleeds itself into all of the major, major uh, financial – of vehicles of the world. Okay, so we'll go to clip two. Oh, there we go. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground. Hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Always mm-hmm. considered uh, Corbett pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. Seems to believe in that deranged theory that they crashed into the accounting, the uh, the penny, pu- uh, penny pusher department allegedly and if you look at the picture of the damage at the pentagon it's not a lot of, that's not a lot of damage uh it hit you know, the side and it took out i want to say you know at most 10 offices and then of course there's no sign of any of the, there's no sign of the plane itself no wings no engine no tail no bodies, nothing. It's just a hole in the side of the building. And the maneuver, as Corbett points out, that this pilot needed to pull off in order to in order to do this is extremely complicated, very, very difficult to pull. And it would take a pro, and this guy was not a pro. According to the official story, this guy took a couple of weeks training, and then they sent him off. This guy, he, he could barely fly a Cessna. And here he is flying this massive Boeing and pulling this incredible maneuver while nervous as shit, probably. I mean, you have to assume this guy is just like out of his mind on adrenaline and or whatever. And uh, pulls this maneuver and hits the Pentagon right on the side of it. Doesn't aim for it in the center or, or try to like, I mean, it just is a direct, like 90 degree just comes right in. And hits it at this perpendicular angle, parallel and, to um, the ground, and and it just right on. I mean, what a fucking maneuver uh, for this guy to have pulled. But then there's nothing there. And then the same thing with the one they shot down in a field somewhere. Uh, I think it was in Pennsylvania. Uh, shot that thing down, and you can right now go online and, and look for images of it, and you won't find any sign of wreckage, any plane, any engine, any bodies, again. Uh, Tinta actually just dropped a photo, and uh, they have the dimensions of the plane, 
tip to tip, 38 meters. The hole is 19 meters. And mm-hmm. the actual Pentagon, what is that? 280 meters wide. Right. So the idea is this thing hit the hit the building and then just disintegrated on impact so, to the point where the wings don't even make a significant dent. And you don't have any chunk of the wing in the wall. All of that area where the where the wing should have hit is only blown out from the inside. You can see that it's pushed out forward and that the smoke it bellows out from the inside. So all of the damage is just is just reaction from the explosion itself. None of it is from impact from these wings. And if you look at the that would be the left hand side of the hole it's it's sheared like straight off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the top of there's a 90 degree turn in the building. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the the idea the insinuation being this thing hit it at a weird angle, but it couldn't have hit at a weird angle. It could only have hit at a perfect uh, almost perfect parallel with the ground angle. It coming in at a hot velocity. I mean this thing theoretically would have hit the building just so hard, so fast. I imagine it would have taken out more of the building. Maybe I mean, the building is obviously the Pentagon, so maybe it's reinforced with some shit that I could never understand. But Then they've got pictures of the phone, the, the lights and some of the phone poles that are out front, and none of those are clipped. The, the, the path of travel leading to impact is, is pretty clean. And, and, a, and a plane of this size... I mean, you can't land this thing anywhere without it hitting something. And the second that it hits something, the flight's over. I mean, the second the wing hits a telephone pole or anything, you're not going anywhere. You got another, you know, 20, 30 meters, and that's it. Uh, So it... It's also kind of strange that one side is burned more than the other side is. mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Uh, Let's go to clip three. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. If you can believe it. If you can believe that. (laughs) Even the fucking news guy says it. Just a gut reaction. Yeah, you can believe that. No, I don't believe it. Lordy. As a matter of fucking fact. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, uh. So everybody knows right away, and as you said before, so, you know, there were instances of people saying that Building 7 had fallen almost a half hour, full half hour before it actually fell. Mm-hmm. You can see, not that it's really that big of a deal. I mean, you can see it in the background, but not to say that the background is a live cut. But if they were promoting it as a live cut, if you know, if you've got the buildings burning in the background, that's another thing. But the building was up, and there's no reason that it should have collapsed. Uh, it wasn't hit by anything. 
some some debris fell on it and it started some fires, some office fires. And these fires were apparently enough, these these top floor fires were apparently enough to have the entire 47-something floor building collapse, a state-of-the-art steel structure collapse at free fall speed. Uh, you know the meme. The most the most popular meme about 9-11 is what? Uh, jet fuel can't melt steel beams? That's right. That's the biggest meme about 9-11. And the truth is, the funny thing is, the sad thing is, is that it doesn't. You can't. Not to the degree that you, we were witnessing where you have molten pools of it pouring from the side of the building and raining on people below. Yes, uh, Spaz actually linked it in the chats. Uh, I, I haven't seen this shit in forever. Well, thermite is the big is the big uh, theory there, and it would explain a lot of stuff. But just simple math, and you can you can look this up. This is very easy to find. Steel alloys typically melt between thirteen and fifteen hundred degrees Celsius. Jet fuel burns at a thousand degrees Celsius max. Maximum. So it can it can soften it. It can certainly compromise its infrastructure. No one's saying that it can't do that. But it's not gonna liquefy it. It's not gonna liquefy it and 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 have it pour off the side of the building. That is not that makes no sense. That's a Spaz dropped another fascinating um observation that they didn't call it ground zero for nothing before 9-11 ground zero only meant the area below or above a nuclear detonation hmm it's interesting see i was a little green around the time it happened so i'm not aware if ground zero was like a household term that people use it was like from probably from the cold war probably from the 80s it was probably really popular kind of thing to say. Thanks, Spaz, for that information. It's neat. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I said, I've been there twice now at ground zero, quote-unquote ground zero, and they got these big, big fountains that are totally Saturnic, by the way. The whole thing is so Saturnic, it's unbelievable. Um, big black cubes, the proportions... The whole thing, I think, is structured to, to measure up to Orion's belt, so it's got some pyramids of Giza funkiness going to it now. And um, In theory, it was a cube that collapsed the first tower or second tower? Which one was it where the, the top of it basically <laughs> broke the entire building? Uh, that was Building 7. Well, it was actually all three of them, really. Okay, I can Building remember. 7, literally. No, I, I, I know you get the demolition angle for seven i'm talking about the actual like top of the building from so from above where the plane hit it collapsed into its footprint correct i mean that that would be sort of a cube too right yes there's a lot of as above so below uh when you look up uh from the bottom of the liberty tower when you stand at its base and look up it, it is designed to look reflective, to look like it goes up forever. It's much taller than, than it's supposed to be or whatever. And in reflection to everything, it's, it's a lot like the 
It has a lot of the as above, so below elements of something like the Washington Monument, where you have this giant obelisk, obelisk that's in the Washington Monument, but then you've got the, the large pool in front of it that reflects it. Mm-hmm. And so from a certain angle, you see the the occultist insinuation, which is as above, so below. Uh, it goes on and on. I mean, the place is just riddled with that with that shit. Um, and then you get the twin towers actually being sort of that Freemasonic gate, the t- the twin pillars. Correct. Yeah, you've got them being the pillars of Solomon, which was funny because you see it everywhere when you keep an eye out for it. You know where it was super prevalent was when uh, when those British uh, royal douches went on with Oprah. Oh uh, yeah. Harry and and what's her face and Megan man Megan yeah Megan Merkel Markle Merkel and the two of them went on Oprah and it was the big interview that everybody was talking about for like a whole week and they went out in Oprah's like yard I guess or something and there were just two massive Solomon Temple pillars that were right there that they interviewed in between um it's everywhere. Sure, it's just two pillars, but I mean, just the 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 structure of them and the and the proportions and everything—it's just so dead on. It couldn't be a mistake, couldn't be. And if it is, it, you know, it's trolling. Maybe I don't know. They always say that the patent is six 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 because it's a troll. Yeah, you gotta rub your nose in it. Yeah, yeah. When we go to New York, you'll see. I know you will. You'll probably be pointing shit out. You'll be like, check this out. I don't think I've ever been down that way. I've never seen the Statue of Liberty up close. Um, mm. I haven't been that far south. I'm usually t- like just chilling in the hipster areas like Greenwich. Well, Greenwich is, is not so far. I mean, it's far, but it's not so far. You can't walk. Oh, you could walk there, but it'll take you half a day. Yeah. I've tried. Walk down back. I, I've done it. The most I've ever walked was <clears throat> a full Manhattan day. Uh, I'll get the exact uh, coordinates to you on that one, but yeah, it's it's a it's a trip. The whole the whole city is. Anyway, let's play the next Corbett clip. Can I real quick, um, just back to that Ground Zero real quick? The origin okay. of the term began with the Trinity test in so- uh, Socorro, New Mexico. And the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Hmm. And it is in relation to nuclear explosions and other large bombs. It is the point on the Earth's surface closest to a detonation. In the case of an explosion above the ground, ground zero is the point on the ground directly below the nuclear detonation and sometimes called the hypocenter. Hmm. That's a great thing to keep in mind. Yes, uh, clip four. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. Yeah. 
So we know that the 9-11 Commission was a, was a joke, which is another piece of the puzzle, another reason to doubt the whole validity of the 9-11 story, is to just see the events surrounding the Commission that was supposed to be put together to investigate it. If this were to be really the attack that they said it were to be, then this would be a major uh, correction to be made. There would be a major investigation. It would be a big story. Journalists would, would fly to it. And um, it would be a great opportunity for the government, federal government, to show their steadfastness in in their transparency in dealing with the issue. And it could be a great rallying point for the American people. In, in Instead of the way which it came out as, which was, we know who the bad guy is, we got to kill him. And everybody was like, okay, yeah, let's do that, because this is fucking terrifying and we're all scared. But after the rubble had set, you know, the dust had settled and the rubble was clean and everything was, we were starting to actually look into it, things really quickly didn't add up. And then even on the day, you're watching it and things don't add up. Ground Zero. I keep thinking about this Ground Zero thing. Have you seen the the pictures of the shadows in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? You're talking about the people's shadows? Yeah. Yeah. That's haunting to me. Yep. To me, that's like one of the most morbid images of, of history, are those shadows. Uh, I love that. There was a man who survived both bombings. Uh, his name was Tsutsumi Yamaguchi. And he was a businessman. He lived in Nagasaki. And he was working in Hiroshima. <laughs> you got me looking up the photos again. It's been a while since I'd seen him. This is a real guy. Tsutsumi Yamaguchi. Working in Hiroshima. And, he, uh, and then the bomb drops. And he survives, miraculously survives the bombing. And uh, he rushes back home to Nagasaki to his family. And uh, two days later, <laughs> the second bomb drops. And him and his family miraculously survive. Hmm. Really, really uh, incredible. Every, every now and again, incredible characters in history that you just cannot lose sight of. You won't find a documentary on that guy being made by the History Channel. Uh, unless they did, in which case, cheers to them. But I don't think they, I don't think they have. Which reminds me, I googled. Uh, what did I Google? I googled this 9/11 stuff on YouTube. Really, I went on YouTube and I looked up all this. I tried to find 9/11 stuff, and it's all corporately bought. Everything you can't find a a single organic. Low res, low fi, some fucking dude with the camera video. They're all bought and paid for. I went on and I searched something very specific, which was the molten steel pouring out, right? Mm-hmm. Something that should be a video of, like, I'm specifically asking for this. Molten steel pouring out 9-11. I, I searched this on YouTube, and here's what I find. All of these are checkmarked videos that are going down the line. Discovery UK, Sky News, TSA, official YouTube page, is the third thing that comes up. I looked molten steel. ABC Cheddar, the print, ABC Chicago, CBS Sunday Morning, ABC New York, NBC New York, History Channel, and then a bunch of checkmarked YouTube losers that that are bought and paid for. The whole thing is bought and paid for. Hundred percent. 
Well, I uh, I'm not sure how Spaz was able to find it, but he had one of uh, WTC two the molten melt uh, molten metal northeast corner. Mm. I mean, this shit's. I, I, uh, yeah, I thought No Agenda said something about the uh, YouTube search algorithm actively bear. I mean, I'm sure that's to be expected, but uh, maybe I heard it somewhere else. But I mean, they obviously censor, but it's going to be uncensoring to the point where they just—it's like ads. You look for something and you don't even get—you don't get anything at all except for prepackaged. All these things that I listed now are either owned by Disney or Warner. That's it. Time Warner and Disney control this whole fucking thing, and then uh, Viacom is involved, and it just goes—you know. There are all these different companies, but they're all owned by the same club of people. Period. Um. Anyway, let's see. We oh, do we have another? I think we have another Corbett clip. Yep, number five. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because nobody in our government at least, and I don't think the prior government could envision flying airplanes into buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on Able Danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. We investigated ourselves and found that we did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. It reminds me of the opening clip where it's like, well, they say that the USA funded this Chinese lab, but according to Chinese and American labs and the labs that they fund and are associated with, and also according to the United States military, after a month and a half long investigation, they have they have concluded decisively that you are a kook and that there's no way that it could have gotten out of this really well-maintained level four uh, thing. And there's no way, because there's no way, because that's the way it is, because that's how it is. Yeah, just... Stop worrying about it. We got mis- misinformation experts. We got buildings full of scientists, dude, to just tell you what to do. You don't have to think about it. Shit. Maybe we're the misinformation experts. Maybe. <laughs> you know what maybe. they say about maybe? Maybe it's just a baby that needs nurturing into a yes. The the way that all these things should start, and I don't know about anything about babies. Booberry likes to, I don't know, he's a violent man. We've already gone over this. Violent man. Violent. Live from your grave. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. This one. Welcome to your doom. Mm. Rise from your grave. Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm getting distracted here. Uh, reading more about uh, I guess there was engine blocks that were melted. Uh, around well, the, the engines for at nine eleven. Yeah. Were so these engines are supposed to be indestructible, essentially. Well, this is sounded it's uh cars were missing engine blocks. Let me let me just read it. Oh, cars are what? Huh? An incredible amount of proof that the buildings were taken down by underground micro-nuclear demolition charges, no jet fuel burning at ground level, and some of, of these cars were missing engine blocks. How do you melt an engine block when no fire was burning at ground level? Many of these cars were seven blocks away. Uh, tritium levels, which I'm not familiar with that, were 55 times more normal, more than normal at ground zero. And, of course, we have all of the strange cancers from first responders, and many of them died. They were forced to wear air quality badges that were really just radiation detectors in disguise so they could monitor everybody's exposure and pull people out of hot zones for a while uh, when their badgers uh, reported higher radiation. Yeah, you have, well, you obviously have the quality of the building. I can't imagine that it was just loaded with asbestos and um, things that would need to be cleaned or that were super toxic in that way that it would collapse. But, I mean, just the way the building collapsed. It could only be one of two ways. You either, the building either was demoed or it was a piece of shit building, Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no fucking way because every other building that has been built ever, and especially the buildings that are of that specific construction, which is of a an external steel frame where the whole building is locked into this giant sort of interlocking series of of steel frames that are said to be such a proportion that it has optimal strength. The building is meant to withstand a lot of pain and, and suffering. Uh, although we have gone over f- the fact in the in the past that uh, New York completely uh, disregards uh, seismic retrofitting and they don't do anything to prepare for earthquakes in their architecture. Well, you're talking about uh, Poseidon's trident, the actual structure of everything when it was held up. Poseidon's trident is yeah. it the is it like a, a term for it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a fucking trident looking at it. Tuning fork windows. Yeah, they're all in these, like, optimal rectangle systems that are in and of themselves subdivisions of triangles that have optimal strength. And the whole thing is is, is sound. I mean, the whole thing's supposed to be sound. It's, it's, a, it's a very cutting-edge design, or it was for the time. And, uh, and it hits... And then you've got one plane each, which completely demos the thing at free fall from this high from this high altitude, with the idea that the top floors collapsed on the bottom floors, and the force of that was so much so that it pulverized and and if basically disintegrated the floors below it and everything in it and the infrastructure and all that steel and all of that all of that design, all of that engineering. And then you have Building 7, where you didn't even have the plane. 
you just had a basic office fire. Desk where, fire. <laughs> a desk fire where you've got papers and, and staplers burning <laughs> and desks and bullshit. And, and that is supposed to liquefy steel and, and pulverize the floor entirely infrastructurally at all levels to the degree where it pulverizes everything below it. I mean, it's, it's fucking insane to think about that, to think that that's, that that's plausible when it's never happened anywhere else in history. And they've got all kinds of buildings or shit. They got buildings where planes crashed into them. So that's what happens when a plane actually crashes into a building. You know, half of it gets carved out and it burns, but it doesn't collapse. And it certainly doesn't collapse before most of the fucking thing is, is structurally compromised. Not one floor, but half the building from top to bottom. Uh, so. OBDM uh, read from a list article that apparently Willie Nelson is someone that believes WTC7 was demoed. He said that he had seen the same thing in Las Vegas. Yeah, anyone who's watched a controlled demo, you can watch a lot of them. They've got all these side-by-sides now. They're very, 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 very... I believe you have my stapler. I'm going to burn the place down. I think that's what it was. The stapler guy actually did 9-11. He burned both the buildings down. I love it. We solved it. That was it. There you go. Case closed. That's it. That's why you listen to behind the schemes, people. We're trying to get behind the guy behind the schemes behind the schemes, and that's it. Stapler guy did it. Stapler guy. All him. He's the mastermind. Just fucking returned his goddamn stapler. The Stephen Root of all evils. Um. So, yeah. That, is that the last of the Corbett's? I got one more. Let's 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 finish Corbett off. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And They took the babies out of incubators. And Mobile production facilities. And The rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater and will be reviled by everyone. Wow. <laughs> Can we take that back for a second? Yeah. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater and will be reviled by everyone. That's an ISO. <laughs> I hear it's it. true. It's true. It's so fucking true. You're, you're nuts. Truther. It's so nuts. God. It's so nuts that this thing just keeps going on. Hey, and look at this. I've, look at this asshole. He thinks his government lies to him. <laughs> this guy. God. Don't you know they're here to help? Yeah. Just uh, sign here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Just, uh, where in the doll did the government touch you? God damn. Um, well, that's, uh, was that all that you had? I said that you had another, oh, okay, your reference, I, okay. Uh, let's see, well, uh, oh, I want to give a shout out, R.I.P. Big Daddy Graham, who is an OG radio personality out of Philly. A comedian. He was a host of WIP FM, and uh, he was a, a great, great personality. Rubbed shoulders with the greats, old school greats: Ray Charles, BB King, Smokey Robinson. Um, and is one of the few people I believe in the entertainment industry that's worthy of having the moniker Big Daddy, along with Big Daddy Kane, and a couple other Big Daddies out there. Um, but anyway, I just want to give a, a quick shout out. RIP Big Daddy Graham uh, passed away today. I'm going to actually see how old he was. Big Daddy Graham. I'm not familiar. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of obscure. My man was born in, on my birthday, no 29. God uh, damn. Back in 53. <laughs> and he died today. That makes him what? How old does that make him? 68. Oh, that is 68. Too bad. Great uh, sports commentator. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, shout out to him. And then I guess that was it. Yeah, that's all I had, I think. Uh, and then the, on this day and the intermission and the whatnot. And then fucking... I just... I, I hold myself back from bringing Biden clips because... It's just such low-hanging fruit. This guy is unbelievable. Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you either. But our patience is wearing thin. This guy is the exact, uh, it couldn't happen here, archetype guy. Nice, friendly old man that brings fascism with a hot dog and a smile. Yeah, it's kind of like everything that the certain majority of people had been screaming about for the past couple of years is somehow manifested itself. I just everything that they accused Trump of doing, this guy is actually doing and they don't give a shit. And it's all about like, well, it's all political. You must be a Trump guy. No, I hate them both. Oh, what's wrong with you people? It's crazy that people just cannot get out of their own way to realize what is happening outside. They cannot just, like, accept it. I think a lot of people are accepting it. There's just nothing to do. What do we do? What is there to do? You know what You know what there is to do? Fucking school board meetings, dude. Mm. Yes. What is the deal with this school board meeting thing? Like... It's uh <laughs> is this the only platform that people have to speak their minds now? It's like an epidemic. It's like nobody goes to the C-SPAN city council meetings. No, they go to their school council meetings and that's where you get all of these great speeches and people getting passionate. Like Yeah, I heard the one Ariner did uh Abel Kirby turned me on to it. It was good. I mean, he yep. was fucking in and out with the facts. Ariner had his great speech. Uh yeah, if you can't find that you can probably find it from Abel. He uh and, I think he posted it on the social. But I feel like for months now there's been all kinds of stuff. I mean, you got people that we know because they're into that sphere and they'll speak up and they're smart enough, and he's a smart guy. But 
I found a clip that I didn't bring on today that was like somebody wrote a metal song to some dreadlock guy who oh, was like screaming yeah. in a in a <laughs> school meeting. I'll probably play it in the post stream show. But like for months now this has been the deal. Like this is where people get their voice. Is at school board meetings. And this is where the 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 fucking this is where the, the like the big conjecture comes from. From the public. I don't see it at, at, at city hall meetings because it just gets shut down. People get shut. School board meetings are the only place where people have any fucking power. <laughs> it's the highest level of power the public can attain. Is telling the school board to go fuck themselves. Because they're, ple- they're plebes just like them. You know? And if you don't know who Big Daddy Kane is, you can go fuck yourself. Um... There was one last thing I would like to play that I, I'm I'm a little concerned we didn't bring it up prior. I shouldn't say that. Dad actually texted me right before the show started. Um, mm. Does the <laughs> does the term lone gunman mean anything to you? Yeah. I'm trying to find the lone gunman where they guessed that 9-11 was going to happen. And... Uh, and the, I guarantee that Bill Cooper called it at some point. Oh, these are long, though. These are like four minutes. Well, I'll have it linked as well. You can check it out in the show notes, just like mm-hmm. everything else that we've been saving as we've been making this trip around the scheme. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. been a lovely evening. Is it? Is it nice where you are? It's been raining all evening. Oh. Yes. Nice. I remember rain. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, if uh if you enjoyed that, consider supporting the show. Head over to loveislit.com, send us an email, send a donation, come hang out in the chats uh every Monday night. We're yeah, gonna we'd do love this to show. have you in the chat. Um but yeah, you got anything else? Should I, no, pl- should no, I play no, us out? Play us out. This is a, a glorious evening, and a, yeah, yeah, hit it. It's a, it's a value for value production. We don't take ads. We don't take bullshit. We just have us and you. You're the producers. We are your employees. We, we take a little bit of bullshit. Our patience is wearing thin. We do. It doesn't seem like work. And that's where I'll leave it. Uh, yeah. Well, this is fun. It was an impromptu uh, 9-11 episode, which I wasn't actually prepared for, but we still, I, we still I did, did not it. realize this episode either. But we had a great time, though. You know, we're pro- part of the problem. We're also part of the solution. Whoa, as above, so below. That's right. Yin and yang, baby. Hell yeah! Uh, no, we no, we, it's nine eleven. So we got to, we got to. It's it's been twenty years. Well, spinning in harmony until we do it again next time next week. I'll be Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And coming to you from a very strange desert land filled with lizards and gizzards. 
My name is Lev. This show is behind the Everybody's in on the scheme. This thing is a scam. Well, life is a scam. Lavish also has a buttery voice. A mummy dick. I was thinking slutty podcaster, but... The person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. That guy really seems to understand exactly what's going on. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mark has got knowledge. Blueberry and lavish. Uh, just uh, loading a bunch of boobies. Goodbye, BTS. <laughs> that boy band got no future.